Please do turn tonight to John's Gospel in chapter 1, and I'd like to read again verses 12 and 13. This chapter, a most glorious chapter, explaining why Christ came from heaven. It says in verse 12, Christ having come, but as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. My title tonight is Identity. Who are you? We live in a time where there is a national identity crisis. I don't mean whether we're British or English, Welsh, Scottish or Irish. There is going on in society a massive upheaval and change. People are beginning to ask, who am I? How do I define my identity? If there is one word Tonight it's in verse 12, become. It's my conviction, I'm sure you may agree, that when we look around it seems that many people are trying to become something else. They're not happy, it seems, with who they are. They're not happy with the way that up until now they've defined themselves and they want to define themselves in another way. They are pretending. They're giving themselves new labels. The way they were is not the way they want to be. And it's even true to say that some of the labels they use, they're fluid. They change them. One minute they've got one gender. And then they choose to have one or two genders. One minute they identify with a particular name and label and then there's multiple labels. I'm sure you know what I mean. Well, we don't quite understand this text because it needs to be understood in the culture of ancient times. In ancient times, the way somebody was identified was their parents. You were son of so-and-so, son of Abraham, son of David. I have a friend who's a pastor and he was a Muslim and he became a Christian. But he chose to keep his Islamic name, Ibrahim Ag Muhammad, from Muhammad. The reason he chose to keep that name was to show that once he was a Muslim and his father was a Muslim from Muhammad, Ibrahim, another name for Abraham because the Muslims respect and that name and the prophet Abraham is known to them but they identify themselves in that culture as so-and-so from so-and-so. Their ancestry, who they were sons of, is vitally important. That's their identity, and it still is 
In some cultures today in America, you have a little bit of this. If your father and grandfather and great-grandfather were called John, you're called John the second or the third or John the senior, John the junior. Maybe we're adopting that here as a church with all the Johns and the Jonathans, but you get the point. The point is you are known as being son of John, son of John and John. When you come to this verse, in verse 11, he came unto his own. You see, the Lord Jesus Christ was promised from Genesis 3.15. There would be a child. There would be a seed. That seed came through one family. We call it the royal seed. It's not royal in the way we understand it. It's royal in the fact he would be the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He came to his own. His own were the twelve tribes of Israel, born of one man, who was born to the seed that was chosen down through the generations. He came unto his own. He first appeared to those who were, humanly speaking, in physical terms, his ancestors, of course. He had a divine parentage and a human parentage. And it says these words, his own received him not. Well, let's go back to the subject of identity. How do you identify yourself? Here's the question. Who are you? You go to LinkedIn and you see that long description. I had such and such a job and I lived here and lived there. These are all labels. They're ways to identify ourselves. You see today the types of labels that people are using, they're all new. Binary, non-binary. If you don't know what that means and you're interested, ask somebody. His, her, they, them. What's all this stuff? It's about the world desperately seeking to become, to redefine, to say I'm no longer this, I want to become known as that. And then very often, and I've seen this with people, young people especially, one minute they're this, then they're that, then they're another. The labels seem to change. Well, of course... We only each have one form of DNA. That's our true biological identity. We have a blood type. We have unique fingerprints because we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Each one of us unique and at the same time we're all the same. We're unique in our identity known unto God but we're all the same because, naturally speaking, we're fallen. We're sinful. 
And we are as God defined us. If we're a man, we're a man. If we're a woman, we're a woman. If we're this, if we're that, it's because God has defined us that way. Well, they tell us all sorts of things, don't they? You hear those expressions, identity theft. Somebody has stolen my identity. They've taken my passport, they've taken my national insurance number, and they've sold it. It's a big business. Identity theft. Stealing somebody else's persona and pretending to be them. Well, it happens. It's actually quite common. It's a huge industry. Then we have online people pretending to be somebody else. Well, these are just the signs of the times that we live in. We have this new form of vocabulary to define who we are. But look at verse 12. This might not seem a remarkable verse, but to me this is an astonishing verse. We've read that Christ came from heaven, the Son of God, to his own people, fulfilling the prophecies of old, and the people rejected him. We don't want to know that man, even though he so obviously was the fulfillment of all those prophecies, they received him not. But verse 12 says, but, we always notice that conjunction, but as many as received him. There's a rejecting and there's a receiving. To them, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. This is the only identity change that God recognizes. Every other name change, identity change, is immaterial to God. The only one that matters is whether you are a child of God or a child of Satan. A son of God or a son of man. You see, people change their names, don't they? Sometimes you... Here of children at school, they come in one day and they say, I'm no longer called Elizabeth, I'm called Liz or Betty or Bet or I don't know, maybe that's an old-fashioned name. But people want to change their name. And then they change the spelling of their name. They want to be a little different. I don't want to be a plain Jane. I want to have a slight difference. I saw a spelling of a name this morning. Somebody sent me a message Jesse, it had three E's at the end, just to be a bit different. Identity, a lasting identity change. As many as received him, to them gave he power to become. This is what God can do in a life. Whatever you've been, whatever you are, whatever you've done, whatever your track record up until this point, God can give you the power, you don't have it on your own, to become something that you're not today and tomorrow 
you will never change again back to what you used to be, even to them that believe on his name. So we see there is a first step in verse 12, a vital step. You either receive the message that I bring, the message that Christ brought, the message that John the Baptist bought, or you reject it. Simple. A straightforward division. I can't do it tonight, but in this chapel, if it was known to me, I could draw a line down one of the aisles or down the middle, and you would either be a rejecter or a receiver of the message that you can become a son of God. You either don't want to be, you won't have that name, you don't want to be associated as a son of God, a child of God, or you receive this message. Well, when we go back to identity, what's this all about? Why is the world going through this identity crisis? It's really about rejecting God-given identification made in the image of God, male, female, son of man, son of God, and saying, no, 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 from now on, I will determine how I want to be identified. If I want to be Somebody else? That's up to me. I'll just change the label. Well, we don't want to consider that anymore. Let me show you the steps. Five R's. Maybe this will help you. We've thought of the first. Rejecting. Rejecting God. Self-determination. But much better than that. Verse 12. Second R. Do you receive... Do you receive this message? Do you take it into your mind and your heart that you are not a child of God? You're not born. That's what the verse says. You're not born into a Christian family. You're not born into a Christian country. You have to become. Well, if you do, you receive, but that's not it. There is a third R. Ah, you need to realize some home truths. You need to realize what this message is about. This message describes your life and my life as against God, as broken, unclean, a life which is displeasing to God. Up until now, if you've rejected God, that's what he says. These words, this terminology is throughout the Bible. We don't like to hear it. Sometimes we need to hear the truth. As many as received him, they will take this message in and they will realize its truth They'll realize its accuracy and they will say, that's my life and I know it deep down. That's the world I live in. We're all the same, no matter the labels. Reject, receive, 
realize, but then there's something else, respond, even to them that believe. We can't respond unless we've taken the message in, we've thought about it. Becoming a Christian, it's not a feeling, it's not an experience, it's about taking the message into your mind and into your heart so that you will respond and you will believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. The fifth R, how do I respond? Well, I believe. What does it mean to believe? It means to accept that I must turn away from my old life. I must repent, we call it. Let's be very clear. Not one person can save themselves. This verse makes it very clear. Verse 13. If we receive him, if we repent and believe on his name, we're not born of blood. This isn't the will of my flesh. It's not a choice that I make. It's not me saying I like the color blue, I like the color green. No, no, no. This is a work of God in my life. This is a work of the Lord Jesus Christ touching my heart and showing me my desperate need. This isn't something I can do. It says in verse 12, that power must come from God in heaven and he gives it to all who ask for it, all who believe on his name, and that's a work that he does in the life of an individual. To those that receive him, to those that believe on his name, to those that repent, he allows them to have his power, to have that knowledge that he is God, that he is Savior. And this individual, up until now, they've not had a life. They've just been children of this world. And the Lord Jesus says they can become sons of God. Do you know what that means? That means that there will begin to be a likeness between that person and God. If you're a child of God, you bear the likeness of your heavenly Father, as many as received him. To them gave he the power. I don't have that power. I'm addicted to my sin. I'm addicted to all the things that this world grabs hold of me. But Christ says to those that receive him, to those that believe on Christ's name, they can become sons of God. Let me give you some of the contrasts. We have to define these things. What is a Christian? It's a basic question. What is a real Christian? Not somebody that ticks a box. This is the huge difference between somebody that rejects and somebody that receives the word of God. Somebody that rejects is a sinner. They become a saint. doesn't mean they're holy and perfect. It means God has set them apart to make them 
day by day more holy. Somebody that rejects God has an unblessed life. And when you come to God, God showers blessing upon blessing upon your life. When you reject God, the Bible says you're lost. Lost? That's not a good place to be. Wandering around, lost in this world. And the Lord says, when you come to him, he will find you. He will rescue you. He will save you. He will deliver you from your sin and your old life. The Bible says we're far from God. Just like the prodigal son in another country, far away, eating pig food. And when the man comes to his senses, he realizes he needs to return to his heavenly father. And the father comes out to meet him. And he makes a feast and clothes him. This is what we're like away from God. If we reject him, we're far from God. And the Lord Jesus brings us near and he reconciles us. Something else. Do you know if you're not a Christian tonight, you cannot pray. God won't hear you. If you pray, your prayer will fall on deaf ears. There's only one prayer that God will hear. The cry for salvation. God be merciful to me, a sinner. The Bible describes the old life when we reject him. We're just like animals. This isn't kind. It sounds harsh. It describes us as being brutish, like an animal. We're a bit like a caterpillar, crawling along the ground. We only look down. We don't really see the world that God has made. The Lord changes us, makes us like a butterfly, gives us wings. We can see in three dimensions. We can see the beauty. We can see the glory of creation. And we have freedom. And we can move and have our being. Because that's the difference becoming a Christian makes. Do you know the Bible says, when we reject Christ and his word and his message, we're guilty. Guilty. What I've done and said and been before I became a Christian, there was no doubt I didn't need a jury, I didn't need a judge, I knew that I was guilty. What I'd done, said and been and my conscience told me, it roared day and night. You know you've done wrong. You know you're guilty. But you know when you receive this message, the Lord Jesus forgives us of all our sin. And that guilt, that burden, falls off our back. We don't have to carry it through life. We're free. Oh, perhaps just a few more things. The difference, the enormous difference do you know, before we become a Christian, we're like lemmings. Do you know what a lemming is? They just follow one another. Following the fashions, 
the entertainments, the pleasures, doing what everybody else does just to fit in. But when we become a Christian, we say, I don't want any of that anymore. I don't want to be shaped by fashion. I don't want to fit in with what everybody else is doing just because they're doing it. No, I'm a follower. I'm a child of God. I want to have his identity. I want to be like Christ. And you know, once, perhaps to finish, before I became a Christian, before you became a Christian, if you are tonight, we're described as being outsiders. We don't belong. We can be in a building, in a chapel, but we don't really belong. We're not in Christ. Christ is not in us. His light has not transformed our life, showing us our sin, showing us our ways. We're outsiders. That's what it says in verse 9. Verse 8. That was the true light, which lights every man that comes into the world. Do you know Jesus Christ, self-identified, to use the modern term? He said, I am the light of the world. Do you know that's glorious? What does it mean to believe on his name? It means in our mind and in our thoughts to go to the cross of Calvary. And to see your sin and to see Christ taking your punishment. Because Christ says, all who come unto me, I will never turn away. Whosoever will may come. We go to Christ, we see his agony and pain, we see him dying in my place. It should have been me, but he was a substitute to die and be condemned and suffer in my place. The Lord Jesus came into this world and his own people, they wouldn't have him. But as many as received him, to them gave he power. Do you have that power? You don't have it yourself. But if you ask he will help you. He will give you the faith to believe. To believe in Christ as Savior. To believe that the one that rose from the dead can give you new life. Where you're no longer bound, limited, outsiders. That's the identity that we need. A child of God. Do you know what that means? That's what a Christian is, a child of God. One that's under his rule. One that desires the way that he says we should live. And to all that receive him, he will give you that power. That power is Christ. It will live in your life, transform your life from what it was to become a child of God, free, no longer a slave, free to live as God wants you to live. Let's pray together.
our loving, gracious Father. We come to thee tonight. We see there are two ways to live. There are those that reject the message of truth, the message that promises life. But there are those that receive this glorious message, the message of a Savior who loved his people so much that he gave his life and he suffered and died for them and he promises to give the power to each of us so that we can become sons of God, children of God, no longer singing the tunes of this world, but living for God. O oh Lord, help us and bless us, we pray, whatever our need. Come in tender love, touch our hearts, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. We sing our closing hymn tonight, hymn number 554. 554. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. Number 554. Thank mm -hmm. you. 